0: of the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. My name is Greg Brakstraw, joined by Bob Stan We do this each
1: and every week as part of the State Champs Network. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Just uh, peaches and cream. Uh, What another great week of high school basketball that we got to play. I'm going to tweak this a little bit. I want to talk about the game that
0: was in your backyard, not a game that you had. Right. But if there was a game of the week in the state of Indiana last week, it clearly was the unofficial Fort Wayne championship that took place between Homestead and Blackhawk Christian. Homestead won that game 72-60 on Tuesday night. It was a game that was closer than the score would indicate. Homestead kind of pulled away late to pick up the victory. It was a game where Blackhawk Christian did not shoot the ball in the way in which they normally did. Caleb Burst had a big game, but the guys that so often knocked down threes around him Blackhawk did not make a three in that game. Overall, your thoughts on what transpired uh, just outside of Fort
1: Wayne last, or in Fort Wayne with Blackhawk Christian last Tuesday night? Yeah, one of the things you look at in that ball game is uh, we all been around it where they say so-and-so is going to get there. Points Right. So they knew first was going to get his points. So they stopped the perimeter game of Blackhawk and that shut down a lot of their offense. I say that and it was just a 11 point game, I believe. But uh, this was a well of a ball game, brought more uh, basketball notoriety back to the fort where it belongs as as we all know. The Mick gets all the competition and, and uh, press down in the Naps area, but it's about time Fort Wayne starts getting some good basketball coverage. and And this game meant a lot to the Fort Wayne area. Trust me. Well, when let's I talk say about that. this because six of the last eight four A state champions
0: have come either from Marion County or it has been Carmel, who plays a predominantly Marion County schedule. Obviously, Fort Wayne had a champion at the four A level. As far as Homestead uh, in in 2015 with Caleb Swanigan, uh, mm. the New Albany Romeo Langford won one in in 2016, but it has turned into Indianapolis and the surrounding areas are expected to be the favorite in 4A. We have talked about this now for the last you know a few weeks that hey <laughs> Homestead Homestead is is every bit as good as these two teams because they've got Luke Goody. That's going to play at Illinois. They've got the moving and Fletcher lawyer, who is a junior, who has you know verbal to play at Purdue in in, in a couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. They've got size to go around them, and now having seen kind of the top four teams in four A, Carmel, L N Cathedral, in my estimation, and Lawrence North. Those schools have literally only lost to each other. There's a combined two losses of that group. Cathedral in double overtime to Homestead uh, at the Sneakers for Santa shootout at Brownsburg on December the 5th. And then the game that I had Wednesday night saw Cathedral beat Carmel by a score of 51-50 to end Carmel their first loss on the season. And, Baz, wouldn't you know, Homestead and Lawrence North are playing each other this Saturday down at Lawrence North.
1: Right, Greg. And another thing that jumps out is is I think you've alluded to this really well. Throughout this uh, season, is the fact uh, they have stepped up their schedule a little bit—they're playing Warren Central, they're playing uh, Lawrence North. These are good programs, but they need to figure out how to compete against that Central Indiana uh, basketball. And I think by expanding their schedule is big, big for Homestead. And again, kind of the the, the path for Homestead. Um, obviously, Lawrence
0: North, but but really talking right. about the postseason path. You know, they're in one of the two, what we would call the Fort Wayne sectionals, um, as far as 4A is concerned. They've been in the regional that is at Logansport, that will likely feature Lafayette Jeff coming out Mm -hmm. of the Lafayette area sectional uh, because of uh, Brooks-Barnheiser. Obviously, you know, Carmel is the favorite to come out of their sectional, Mm -hmm. even though Fishers, Westfield, HSE, are all signs was not a bad team either. But again, Carmel has won that sectional six consecutive years. So Carmel and Homestead as of now, and again, these days, <laughs> schedules are already subject to change, but the, those two are not scheduled to play in the regular season. Um, but they, in theory, will see each other at some point in time in the regional. Then maybe you're looking at, at say, maybe a, a South Bend Adams, you know, coming out of the, out, out of the uh, Northwestern semi-state. Uh, and then you would look at the state championship game, where I think LN is the favorite, but again, we'll get to LN in a matter of moments. Um, They've been in more close games than they have not, and that was evidenced last week, even in winning the Marion County Championship for a second consecutive year. So again, this is part of what, you know, and Homestead has done this more years than not. And again, Lawyer was kind of a, a late add into the mix for Homestead this year. They knew they would be good because of Luke Goody and others that are around him. You have a big 10 level player. You should have a good basketball team. Yeah. Um, You have two of them. You should be competing for a state championship. And that is what Homestead is going to be doing this year. And again, for Blackhawk Christian, this was an important game just from the mythical claim, if you will, of being the best team in the state of Indiana, regardless of classification. I think that goes by the wayside now, unfortunately, for Blackhawk Christian, Now it's simply about going out and winning a 2A state championship, two years removed from winning a 1A state championship.
1: I, I don't think there's any argument to that. It's a great analysis of what they got to do for Blackhawk. They just got to go play Blackhawk basketball. I think they play the big boys to see if they can play with the big boys sure. and, and to get better. There's no F ands or butts there. Uh, but this is going to be a team to be reckoned with in 2A. And, and I would have to agree with you on the 4A when you're sitting there looking at Homestead. Of course, you got your Carmel's, You got your Lawrence North. And a uh, team doesn't scare me, seriously. Would be a Lafayette Jeff to be able to sure. nip you, but the quiet team we don't even talk about it, is uh, coming out of South Bend and South Bend Adams. Chad Johnston has done a fabulous job up there with South Bend Adams. Uh, they're twelve and zero, and they're, they're rolling.
0: Yes, they are. And again, but th- they are the team that it's almost like you look at them and say, "Okay, they 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 have enough semi-state to figure this out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, but, because they're seemingly isn't a great team. And it's been a while since we've, you know, Penn made the semi-state a few years ago uh, and, and Carmel handled them with relative ease. Um, you know, it, it's been a while since kind of a region team at the 4A level uh, has made a deep run. I have seen Gary Westside. They are very big, they are very talented. They are one of the many teams that has a close loss to Lawrence North this year. They played over Christmas break, LN won that game by a score of 61-60. So that is probably South Bend Adams' best competition mm-hmm. at the regional round, uh, you know, w- would be Gary Westside. All right, let's talk about Lawrence North. And I, and I made this joke in the spirit of you last week. Oh uh, I had the LN-LC girls game on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Ryan Vanis, who's the AD at LC, he goes, man, he's like, you're like the LN personal announcer this year. <laughs> I told him, I said, yes. I said, I've created in my caramel letter jacket from last year. I'm now wearing the green and red because I see Lawrence North so much. I had their boys team on Tuesday. I have them again this coming Friday. And that's the joy of the schedule. We kind of get to cherry pick on ISC mm-hmm. in the Mick and in the central Indiana area because we we schedule what we think is going to be the best games of the best teams. That means we end up seeing you know, some teams six, seven, eight times you know, during the course of the regular season. And this year, that team is Lawrence North and God bless LM. they've not given us a blowout once. Um, They have been competitive games. So they just won the Marion County Championship for a second time in in, in as many years. It is the 10th time that Jack Kiefer uh, has won a Marion County Championship, which is the most of any coach, and they went over 100-year history of the event. Again, he's play coach at Lawrence North now for, you know, 45, 46 seasons. Uh Uh, But still that's a, that's pretty good winning percentage in an event that is as balanced as the Marion County tournament. And Baz, I'll be the first to tell you that the the, the, the 16 teams that funnel into the county, um, the talent level is, is down compared to what it is to in most years, Uh you know, but at the same time uh, I had LN's game against North Central on Tuesday, North Central led for probably about 20 to 24 minutes out of 32 mm. before LN pulled away late to win by 10. LN played their rival in LC on Wednesday for a second time. in a rivalry game, they had no problem in getting up for that one. Um, and, and LN won that one. Then on Friday, a pike team that's that's been okay this year, good, not great. It took LN until overtime to beat them, <laughs> but they did on Friday night. And then they beat Warren Central for the second time in eight days. I had the game the Friday before. Okay, I lied. That was a blowout. That was a 20-point win for LN. Um, This one was not. Warren Central led for, again, up up until the third quarter. And then LN took over and did just enough to kind of keep Warren Central at bay. But, Baz, LN has run the table so far. Half their games have been five points or less. Three times they have gone to overtime to win basketball games this year. They had a miracle banked in three to get to an overtime to to beat Fishers back on December the 22nd. They have appropriately earned the nickname the Cardiac Cats so far this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, And uh, they they have just found ways to win. At some point, Bass is going to bite them. At some point, that luck's going to turn. They're just hoping it doesn't happen in the postseason.
1: You know, if it does happen, you know how a lot coaches say, well, do us some good, uh, lose the game like that. No, it doesn't. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, but that's what they say. But, but you sit here and look, and I truly believe this. Uh, good teams, uh, they'll hang around and grab a win. Great teams will win. They will find ways to win, and that's what Lawrence North has done here. I, I just look at this Pike score of two points you're alluding to, and then the next night, taking on Warren Central, who they clobbered uh, just a few days before that, and, and but stuck in the game because adjustments made. This is a sign to me of an outstanding basketball team. It's also a senior
0: dominated team, you know, and, 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 and they, you know, they have a a key junior in CJ Gunn. They have a junior that comes off the bench in McCoy and Brown's been a real spark for them. They don't get many points off the bench. Pretty much any of score it's it's Brown. They really want to play eight guys, but virtually everybody else around that group is a senior, you know, you've got Shamar Avance who I I think is his recruiting stock is skyrocketing as we speak. Um, I, I know that in a, I know that in a year, where there's going to be some really good players left off the Indiana All-Star team, mm. he is under consideration for the All-Star team, which probably he was not uh, at the beginning of the season. Wow. You know, obviously you got DJ Hughes going to play at Butler, Donovan McCauley, who really is more of a rebounder and screener in basketball, more so than the story <laughs> is in football, uh, but a Division One level athlete that will play football at IU. Uh, you've got guys like Caden Beatty, David Beatty, Armand Hillman, uh, guys that play a couple of different sports, uh, but but are seniors and have been around not a deep team. They play eight. I think if Jack Kiefer would get away with playing seven, they would, um, but everybody has significant varsity experience, and that's really a big determining factor in the teams that are successful around this area this year. Um, it's a lot of senior-laden teams uh, kind of in the metro Indy area to get the job done. All right, before we go any further, let's remind you this podcast presented by Lawrence and the university. If you have the dream of playing college sports, LTU offers two dozen varsity sports, including men's and women's basketball. Lawrence tech wants you to recruit yourself more on that later in the program. All right. So Baz with that, I want to talk about a guy that uh, I'm sure you, you refereed his games over the years. You've covered his games over the years. Uh, because uh, the majority of his career was spent in the Fort Wayne area, but now at Lawrence central, Al Gooden oh. wins his 500th game on Tuesday night, becoming the first African American boys basketball <laughs> coach in the state to achieve that milestone. Um, tell me your thoughts on, 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 again, a really good man in Al Gooden, uh, uh achieving
1: such a status. I think you said it best, a good man. Uh, He's a great coach, but the biggest thing I found working his games over the years uh, out at Harding was the fact how disciplined he was, and that reflected onto his kids. Uh, His teams were always well-mannered when I was around, it seemed like, and he was always that way too, but what a classy guy, and uh, I could not be happier. For a young man that I got to know over the years uh, in Fort Wayne, uh, the way he played, I believe he played at Ball State. And just Correct. This, this guy, uh, this guy really epitomizes to me what a high school coach should be. And everybody that is a high school coach or trying to be a high school coach coming up should try to emulate what Al Gooden has put out there because this guy does it the right way. For the right reason. You can't find too many of those guys. He's very, very special, Greg. Very you special. You know the quality of Al as a basketball
0: player. He had a double double in the NCAA tournament in his final collegiate basketball game. <laughs> uh, Ball State against Boston College back in <laughs> 1981 at 23 and 12 in a loss against Boston College um, in, in his final collegiate game. Um, I want to talk briefly about the game because I, I kind of gave you the result, but I kind of skipped over it. Um, Cathedral beating, beating Carmel on Wednesday night. 51 50 was the score cathedral played without Jalen Johnson, who was one of their seniors as a double digit score. They had a young man that transferred out of the program after the first couple of games in, in Pete Moe, uh, who was a junior that, that, checked in at about six foot eight, oh. but yet they're still playing seven or eight guys. They bring a six ten sophomore off the bench. They've got one of the best point guards in the junior class in Tayshawn Comber, uh, who has been a contributor you know since his freshman year i know that ball state is amongst the schools that are on him but the thing that impressed me about that win bass for cathedral is that it's a cathedral team that came in averaging just shy of 80 points a game and that has been their mo under jason delaney they get up and down the floor not exactly in terms of, of maybe getting after you in terms of a full court press they just if they get a good shot they will take it uh, and they will push the tempo and because they got a great point guard Tayshaun's outstanding in terms of of driving, getting to the basket, getting a foul or kicking to a shooter and having kind of shooters lined up around him, guys that that can knock down threes. Mm -hmm. Cathedral had entered that game having scored at least 65 points in every game they had played that year. Yet, you know, when you play Carmel, you're not going to hit that. Yours not Mm -hmm. Carmel. You cannot speed them up. They are going to play their tempo And because of how good they defend you, they're going to slow you down and make you play your tempo. So any team that beats Carmel in the regular season always gets my attention because usually the way Carmel plays in the regular season translates to how everybody plays in the postseason. It was part of what sold me on Lawrence North last year, that they won at Carmel 39-37 in early February. Uh, The fact that Cathedral beat Carmel at their place, at their tempo of game, Tells me just how good the Irish are this year.
1: Yeah, and I tell you what, they they took uh, uh, Homestead to double overtime. Right. I mean, this this is an awfully good basketball team uh, to be able to do that. But as I'm looking at their scores here, uh, they do like to run gun and giggle, and put some points on the board. I guarantee you that.
0: Well, again, they will play likely addicts in the championship game of the Marion or the of the city tournament city. next week. Um, in fact, we, we may have to change the date we record the podcast because that. Is we'll, we'll, we'll have that off-air meeting uh, at some point uh, between now and then folks, as you can right. tell, we record this every Monday. Uh, and that game, that's the rare Monday night scheduled game every year, both attics and cathedral will enter the tournament in the quarterfinal round on Thursday. Semifinals on Saturday championship game at tech on Monday, not on the call of this year, but I have been on the call of that game many years, and I'm so looking forward to the fact that the sectional is going to be held at Tech High School because it's one of my favorite buildings uh, to call a basketball game in. Before we continue, if you're a student-athlete and you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence and University has a unique program for you to recruit yourself. Take a listen. (laughs) if you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports lawrence technological university wants you to recruit yourself ltu offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports including its newest additions competitive cheer and dance esports women's hockey and men's and women's track and field visit ltuathletics.com and recruit yourself lawrence tech where blue devils dare Welcome back. It is the state champs, Indiana hang time podcast, Greg, Rakestraw, Bob, Stambazi with you. Uh, we'll talk about our upcoming schedules coming up in a matter of moments, but, uh, I, I routed you in a different direction than normal. Uh, tell me about what you've been seeing the covering, uh, all things, uh, Wabash and area high school basketball in the last seven days.
1: Well, we've really been covering a lot of girls' basketball. I know this is predominantly a, a boys' basketball show, but uh, but we have seen some good basketball with the boys' programs, too. Uh, one in particular, it's real standing out in our area, Greg, quietly, very quietly. The Prue Tigers are undefeated right now, 11-0. Eric Thompson has his kids playing as well as they played in a long time. Uh, they just beat Kokomo over the weekend, uh, 72 to 61. Now, the interesting thing is uh, they've been clobbered to, like a lot of places, regardless of COVID. So sure. there was a vacancy on their schedule. Who do they schedule in on the 30th of January? Homestead High School.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and and uh, so that is going to be so cool to see Homestead. But they got another tough game coming up against a guy you're familiar with uh, in his new program, a WITCO, Chris Benedict. Uh, They're seven and three. They're going to be coming into the tiger den here in a week to take on the tigers and TRC play And, and another team kind of under the radar. And this, this just made me shake my head. It's my old alma mater, Huntington North. They have only played six games this year. Yeah, and and but they're five and one, and they're in every ball game they played. Or excuse me, they've won all their ball games except one, and they're on a roll. So this is another team that's getting ready to soup up their schedule a little bit here. Hopefully, they'll get some games in and see where they're going to go because Coach Steagle does up a, such a fabulous job uh, with the Vikings. I want to talk about Peru for a second, just
0: because yeah. they're in somewhat of a unique situation where they play in a sectional where. They do try to schedule everybody in their sectional, but they're not exactly teams that are in their conference. Um, you know, McConaughey would be the exception to that. Uh, right. And some of that is is because of some of some conference alignment changes in the last few years. <laughs> but Peru plays teams that are associated with kind of more west of them. Uh, so their sectional, which is at Twin Lakes and Twin Lakes, Ken Adams' team is good again, go figure. Right. Uh, nine and one. Western seven and five, McConaughey six and four. West Lafayette struggling. Northwestern's barely played all year. They played four games. And Benton Central's down this year. Uh, you know, they are two and seven. So Peru has an opportunity in that sectional. They do play Twin Lakes coming up in a couple of weeks. They'll get more of an idea as just how good they are. Again, you reference that Homestead game that you've got coming up. Um, that I, Again, I, to me... That's going to be one of the law of unintended consequences of this year. And we have seen this um, in the past, like the year when the IHSAA, really the National Federation of High Schools did this, not the IHSAA, added two games to the regular season schedule Mm -hmm. or said you can have two additional games. And some very wise coaches would add one game and then would kind of hold on to the other just to see how good they were going to be that year. And if you were really good, you would find somebody to play. And the best example of this would be Wrights in Southport back in 2015 when Wrights was really good and made the state championship game. They were led by Drew Smith, who still plays at the University of Missouri. They were averaging 90 points a game. Well, knowing they wanted to kind of schedule up for a potential state tournament run, they scheduled Southport, which was at the time had Joey Bronk and and Paul Scruggs, obviously Joey still playing at IU, Paul still playing at at Xavier. Um, And, and, you know, there were 7,000 people at Southport Fieldhouse uh, on the final (laughs) Saturday of the season because the game got postponed a couple of times uh, because of of snow late in the year. Um, and, And I think now... You will see more coaches do that with the idea of okay, you know, it's it's become kind of okay for smaller schools to go find somebody they normally wouldn't play to kind of go test themselves. And mm-hmm. and frankly, if you're not very good, you schedule somebody that you can beat, uh, you know, to to, to kind of get a W. So I would imagine that a lot of schools going forward are going to kind of keep one or two games in their pocket. And and try to schedule some openings in February and say, "Okay, now I'll get a better idea of exactly what we are as a basketball team and schedule either schedule up because I know it's going to benefit me come postseason time or schedule down because it's going to benefit my win percentage uh, at at some point in time, uh, if the case may be. All right. With that, let's talk about the upcoming schedules. What are you looking forward to this week?
1: Well, on uh, tomorrow night, we'll have, well, which will be Tuesday, we'll have uh, Boys Basketball Southwood at Manchester. Then on Friday night, we will have North Miami at Wabash and Boys Basketball. And uh, we, we, we're doing four nights of basketball this week, plus wrestling, plus a couple uh, coaches' shows and in, in the other show. But uh, it's, it's really pumped up now getting in. Uh, Manchester, since Max Carter's come back, Greg, has not lost a ball game. Uh, playing very, very well. And they play Southwood tomorrow night, a Jekyll and Hyde team. You don't know who's going to show up and shoot the basketball well for them to win. And then I look at Wabash on Friday night, taking on North Miami, a Wabash team, Greg, that has really been struggling because of COVID, has taken two players here, a player there, three players here. They haven't had the whole team.
0: By the way, I noticed that Manchester is doing their best to make up for lost time as they still have 13 games on their schedule with yeah. six weeks of the season
1: left to go. So yeah, yeah they're going to stack a pack, Greg. They, they've yeah. already told me when they get ready to go, it's going to be go time. It's two and three games a week and pray, keep your fingers crossed uh, that nothing reaches up and bites them because uh, they want to get it in. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and it's good for the kids that way too.
0: Uh, I have a similar schedule to you. <laughs> I mix in, uh, I mix in three college games this week. Uh, so <laughs> my my official game total for the week would be, let me see here, seven uh, that, that I'm doing. Uh, so from a high school basketball standpoint, Danville, Monrovia on Tuesday. Looking forward to seeing Danville. Danville was one of the teams that felt what would have been a really deep tournament run uh, was denied them last year. I probably think the ending point for them was the semi-state, but still uh, that that catches your attention. They graduated some key pieces, but at this point, Brian Barber, Danville rolls out of bed, wins 15 games a year. Um, but because of their deep run in football, and then because of COVID-19, they are one of the last teams to start. They didn't start playing their first game until December the 23rd. Um, and so they're six or five and one, I think, to start the year. Maybe six and one at this point. Wow. Um, and, and I'm not sure how much I'll learn about Danville against Monrovia. Uh, Monrovia is struggling. they three and seven this year. Uh, but looking forward to seeing a perennial power in 3A in Danville. Uh, Thursday night, another game, uh, kind of the old West Central Conference. Uh, Cloverdale uh, playing host to North Putnam is the game that I get to have on Thursday night. But it's Friday and Saturday that I have my attention. A rematch of Lawrence North and North Central from last Tuesday. Again, North Central comes in at 5-6, and six, but better than that record would indicate. Again, they led Lawrence North at Lawrence North uh, for the first I wouldn't say the entirety of the first three and a half quarters, but a good chunk of that before LN pulled away late and then Carmel and Brownsburg. And again, Carmel, uh, after being beaten by cathedral, this, this is kind of a designed hole in their schedule because they obviously don't play in the Marion County tournament, but play so many teams that do play in the Marion County tournament. They actually were scheduled to be off this weekend. They will play Perry Meridian on Tuesday, uh, a game that was supposed to be held back in December. Perry Meridian, not great this year, but they have a very good player in Jaden Taylor that's going to play at Butler University. Then Carmel plays Pike on Friday, and then they get to Brownsburg on Saturday. It is a Brownsburg team that has given Carmel fits historically. In fact, beat him at Carmel two years ago, but it's a Brownsburg team that also has a Butler recruit uh, in Pierce Thomas. But the Bulldogs have not played well this year. They have just not found their footing despite having a, a big and a deep roster. So looking forward to seeing that game coming up uh, on uh, on Saturday. In other words, it's the average week for me and Mr. Stambazzi as <laughs> we are rarely home, and that's probably best for all of our families uh, that are involved. Bob, as always, appreciate your time, my friend.
1: We'll do it again next week. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: You got it. Again, that'll do it for our State Champs Indiana Hangtime podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University.